Thank you so much for joining us for the Northgate Review Podcast. Today we're taking a look at the word greed that was talked about on our Sunday services as we're continuing our series, Kill the Spider. We are so glad you're joining us. Let's get into it. Hey, friends, thank you so much for joining us for the Northgate Review Podcast. Boop, 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 boop. We are in week two. Let's just bring a little 2018 to you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. The year seems so, so long ago that yeah, we were That was a good old year. A good old year for some people. You just wanted to say that. Mm-hmm. Come on. We're in uh, week two, Kill the Spider. Talked about the spider of greed, greed in our lives. Yeah, hit me with that definition that you gave on uh, Sunday. The intense or selfish desire for something, mm. anything, everything. I don't like the sarcasm you're talking with right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no sarcasm. It's, mm. it's great. Why'd you get all high pitched and like? Because it was powerful. I'm gonna. I'm going to punch you through the microphone. The room was shifting. <clears throat> no, that's great. I think a lot of times, and this is what you talked about in the week before, a lot of times we have uh, the the easy reaction when we talk about greed is just to assume it's money. Like, oh, and I don't have a greed problem because I don't – I give my money away. I tie right. it to the church or whatever right. it is. But right. to take the, the money part out of it like you did this weekend, mostly. Who are um, some famous characters that you can think of that were greedy? Scrooge McDuck. Okay. Why? Uh, I just think of him because he was a penny pincher. I, I think about him diving into his pool of of coinage. Um, the Grinch. The Grinch was what a greedy, was he greedy of? Uh, Christmas. He wanted. I think he was greedy of everybody's joy. Yeah. He had an intense and selfish desire that people wouldn't experience joy. I mean, there's there's a great example that it doesn't have to do with money, but how harmful that is. Hmm. And usually, it's a projection, right? That's something we talked about. Did you make a list of characters? I may have. Did you? I might have. That's amazing. Well, I was just trying to think of different forms because that's what we can go to. Like the first one I could have easily gone to was, yeah, Scrooge. Um, Scrooge McDuck. Yes, specifically. Not, not the Quaker. The Christmas Carol Scrooge. Not the Quaker, the Quacker. Man. Yeah. But then you would have gotten into like Christmas stuff and it's it's a new year. Well, there's I'm sure there's plenty of. Non-Christmas greedy yeah, people. There is. There's a list of it. That was fun. Maybe you can go on your own dive. I might and when to. you think of, or here, even those of you who are listening, when you think of greed, what's the character immediately you attach yourself to? And that might even tell you something about the way that you've formed a, or emulated formed a picture. Formed your opinion uh-huh. of greed, yeah. Right. So for some people, they were already like, yeah, I don't even think about money this way. I think about how greedy it was that this person does this or, mm-hmm. you know, like the wants to steal my joy. Yeah. I don't know why, but I always uh, my first thought for greed was Ananias and Sapphira. I don't even. I don't Jesse know told me to talk. He he said that you should use that story. Jesse loves that story. Well, it's because he knows some like Children's kids song, rhyme yeah. song to it. Some yeah, I, yeah. Uh, yeah so <laughs> which I, no one else on the face of the planet has heard except for him. I'm not gonna lie. I don't really understand that story fully, but uh, it uh, yeah. I, I imagine. So you're saying that's a future a conversation? Let's. We should have a real conversation about Ananias and Sapphira. Okay. Not right now. Okay. But just in the future. Come on. I'm in. Yeah. 
But we're on greed today. Yeah. Give me another. Anyways, yeah. um, Projection, right? So, like, you know, with uh, the Grinch, he didn't have joy himself, wasn't happy with a whole lot of things, and so then essentially he projected and wanted others to feel worse than he felt to make himself feel better, Mm -hmm. which in turn. Yeah, turned into stealing joy from others, made him a greedy person. Yeah, he had an intense selfish desire for something. Yeah. And that caused him to do things that were harmful. Um, really causes us to do things that are harmful to ourselves, too. Mm-hmm. So often. Well, it's all these spiders. Absolutely. Again, so that was one of the... I think that's a continual part of this conversation is when you're trying to understand what a spider is, it creates webs, but what do the webs do? Typically, they it imprisons you and keeps others out and you in and it um, debilitates the the opportunity to love or to receive love like we were made to to be and to do yeah yeah okay so hit me with something you talked about uh the woman caught in the act of adultery and then you referenced the rich young ruler um was there some other passage that you were thinking about other another way you were thinking about going in this message at all with greed? Yeah, I think um, the thing we could probably maybe focus on for the podcast is just different outside of the reviewing of, you know, what stood out to us or what really shocked us personally or, you know, poked at something personally is um, the story of the parable of the rich fool as Hmm. it's labeled at some point in history uh, (laughs) from Luke 12. I've never heard that. Well, you know how like now you flip through your Bible and like little sections. Yeah, yeah, the section titles. Yeah, yeah. What, what, it was that would. It's not how it was written. It wasn't like they were like, okay, right about here, we're gonna pause and call this one the rich fool. Yeah, you said it was in Luke twelve. Yeah, Luke twelve, and it starts in uh, um, verse fifteen is where we were gonna start through twenty one. But let me let me ask you there, Jonathan. Ask me, brother. Yeah, what was the thing that uh, stuck out to you from this last weekend? Yeah, I... I know um, you were at the San Francisco campus. I was. I was in SF. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then you, you got to listen. You got to hop on and listen. Hopped on our YouTube channel. If you missed the message, go check it out on our YouTube channel. This got message it. brought to you by... <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> Northgate Christian Fellowship is on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, no, I was... When you were telling the story... Of the woman caught in the act of adultery, the first point that you made about it is letting go of swift judgment. Mm. And I, that was uh, like one of the first times you've ever spoken to me in a mess. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was a zinger. <laughs> like, no, that Come was- <laughs> on, preach. You just found the spot. That's my heart. No, I, uh, yeah, that was the one in the message. I was like, oh, well, there I found my greediness right there. And it's the, it's writing people off when I have something that I really want or whatever goal I've set for myself or, or where I want to be and whether it's career wise or relational wise or whatever it is. Um, if I feel someone is interfering with that, I'm so quick to just pass a swift judgment. I write them off. They have uh, nothing useful for you. Nothing useful. They're, they're done with, I'm done with them. I'm not going to, if it's someone who's over me, then that means I'm not going to learn from them anymore. I've, I've shut that door or, 
Uh, maybe it could even manifest itself in an ugly way of, of talking bad about them behind their back or whatever it is because it's real talk. Yeah. Yeah. I want to climb that ladder of success and they're in my way. So I'm going to tear them down so mm-hmm. I can pass them. But that's to, that's cause I'm so greedy for my goals where I want to be. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I saw that happen in my life even a year or two ago mm-hmm. uh, in my last place. And uh, yeah, so that one that one got to me. You think it got to you more because it just helped you identify something? I would have never called that greed. Yeah, that that I does yeah it, I does knew. Does it actually help though calling it greed? Um, does it scare you maybe a little bit to be like, oh, that might be a little more serious than I thought? It no, I I, I dealt with it seriously. It was it was impactful to me on Sunday because uh, I hadn't a, thought about it in a while. Gave it a name. Gave it a name. I hadn't thought about it in a while, and I wanted to. That it was just. It's a, all of these things. All of these spiders are great in the new year. Like let's reevaluate some things we've done, some habits we have, and just get rid of these things now. So yeah. that yeah. was one that I had worked on a year or two ago, and then uh, the new year, I'm like, man, I haven't thought about this. I didn't call it greed, but I knew when it was at its ugliness, ugliest in my right. life a few years ago. Now yeah. I'm looking at it like I might not see some webs around here, but. That spider's always going to be there unless I take care of it. I didn't even know that it was greed. I just thought it was me being a jerk. Yeah. Well, it's giving manipulation a category, too. Yeah. How many things we manipulate really because of our own greed. Yeah. Well, it's just something that's so applicable, like, in my life, too. Like, how many times do things not go my way? Like, not even just at work or in my in my marriage or my friendships or whatever. How many times do things not go our way? And our quick reaction is when we're not getting our way – to do something about it, whether it's through shady uh, routes or, you know, do we allow things to happen and we just open hand it and let it go? Or do we say, no, I'm going to fix this myself. And I would say that's a, that's a form of greed. Like I'm going to take things into my own hands and it might be through backbiting. It might be through slander or gossip or, um, you know, just not trusting people because I know what I need best. And that's just a bad attitude to have. Come on. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah, that was what I got out of it. I don't know what else you talked about after that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the book. Ah, I got what I needed. Yeah. I, by the way, and I did not get a an email from Carlos yet saying, please don't talk about my book like that. Just yeah. don't let. How dare you let this come out of your mouth? <laughs> I did see, though, that a handful of people um, at least were letting me know that they got the book and got some feedback that they. Really I love that. It. Yeah, if we do a book series, grab the book. Yeah, read the book. That's awesome. Yeah, the the thing just for people to understand is we're not um, walking. We're not going on a journey through the book. Took the um, idea. Yeah, I think it's important to call out where we get some of these mm-hmm. concepts, and it wasn't my concept. I think it's a killer story about um, this woman asking for prayer for cobwebs in her life. I mean, golly, what a better analogy of something that yeah. I mean, we can all we can all attach that immediately mm-hmm. yeah and um it's funny how even talking about this stuff really saying how many people are scared to death of spiders and it's relating to them in a certain way yeah or people who love spiders and so this is kind of like uh <laughs> why would you yeah i don't understand that. some people do that so i was reading speaking of that side note just for for your information out there, because oh. you were so interested. Fun facts. Yeah. With Larry. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, a, um, there was a woman who had a spider in her house, and she actually called a delivery service and had food delivered just to be able to get the guy who was delivering food to come in and kill the spider for her. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
<laughs> you did it. It's, it's legit. Yeah. That yeah, sounds like awesome. something my wife would do. Yeah. She's like, I ordered pizza. We already ate dinner. Kill the spider. <laughs> it's right up there. Here, I got five bucks. It's your tip. Leave the food there on the counter. My wife is so afraid of spiders that it doesn't make sense to me that she makes us get a real Christmas tree every year. I mean, you realize you're inviting these creatures into our home. Like, well, it's not the same. Yeah. It's like I don't. I think it is the same. So they do say that you you wouldn't actually need to pay for you know pest control um, outside of you know rodents and such if if you didn't mess with spiders. Hmm. Like they'll get rid of the common. So should we not be killing these spiders? They'll get rid of the common insect. Well, so we're just using it as a hyperbole. Mm. Ooh. Okay. That's a Jesus term. Define <laughs> define hyperbole. <laughs> well, here's the most <laughs> simplest one I can think of. Um, when uh, you know you, you get the whole like, don't call out the speck in someone else's eye when you have a plank in your own. Mm-hmm. It's like it's never gonna happen. Like you're never gonna have a plank coming out of your eye. It's a hyperbole. It's to make an extreme. Have you example. watched ER. <laughs> the medical things they are facing. Oh my goodness! Every Come episode on. Oh man. So okay, real. so here, here's the one. So actually, I had a conversation with. With Jesse this week, there's all Peach, Pastor Jesse. Yeah, there's ah. there's there's all kinds of different. You know, did some exegetical work mm. in Matthew, which is where I took the rich young ruler, and the rich young ruler leaves. He's sad. So to continue the story, then Jesus says it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. Right. So here's the deal. Jesse goes. I show him, you know, the eye of a needle, which is, there's all kinds of conversations. Eye of a needle is like the entrance to a city gate. And that part of that was uh, an example of removing the baggage off of the camel to let it fit through. So it can't carry all the possessions that you have piled up on the side. And that's how it can get through, right? Because they're able to remove the possessions, etc. Well, there's also conversations, and this is how he had heard it or understood it, that the eye of the needle was a side gate that barely a human being could fit through that was below the large gate for quick in and out entrance and that then you'd have to remove the things off of the camel and if you got the camel to go down on his knees and to crawl through you could barely get him through or you just couldn't right Hmm. so we had a discussion and he was like you're the first person in the world that's ever i've ever even heard this whole like removing the bags from thing it's totally this side gate. It's this little tiny thing. And I was like, no, it's this thing. And we went back and forth. <clears throat> and then it was um, looking into seeing that there's also a debate on historical evidence whether or not these little tiny eye of the needles ever existed architecturally. And if there was really gate entrances around the city of Jerusalem. So essentially... The easiest way to take that example is that it's a hyperbole, which is how he uses most of his parables. Um, they're not truth. They're a, a, an example and a story, a hyperbole of um, a situation, an instance that we can use and connect to. And most of it was surrounding things that were culturally relevant there. Um, mm-hmm. So like the camel, why was that used, for example, is because it's, it was the largest animal in that area. Yeah. I mean, there was Carry more baggage. There wasn't. People weren't using elephants. Let's put yeah. it that way. Right. Oh. Or something bigger. So that was the biggest animal or biggest thing. So it was the hyperbole that gets to something extreme. That's why he uses a ton of agriculture, agriculture, agricultural. Yeah. Yeah. We got there. Come on. <clears throat> you fix it for me. 
I'm here to fix your words. Go ahead. Thanks. You've got the ideas. I'll fix the words around it. Anyways, how do we start on this? I don't know. You just started ranting and raving. No, you called me out on hyperbole. I just asked you to define it. I know, but why (laughs) did we even talk about it? You never did define it. (laughs) I just did with examples. That wasn't a definition. I meant more of a Webster's definition. Look it up. I don't care that much. Well, now you got all the listeners thinking about it. All right. Shall we digress? The that's rich, a, that's the a rich good fool. That's a good point to the fact, the reason we have this podcast. We like to bounce off our ideas with each other uh, because, yeah, we want to want to give the best messages that we can. So that's really cool to have so people taken, around us. Yeah. yeah. Could have taken greed in many different directions. Many different directions. Many different directions. And potentially even an easier topic to talk about when it comes to the magnitude of stories that you can find, parables, um, storylines, like I was just saying, to follow uh, in the Bible. So the other one that was on the table that I was looking at potentially using was that one from Luke. Luke 12. Uh-huh. Um, you want me to read it? No, I got it right here. I think yeah. it's actually... Yeah. It's 12, Luke, uh, 13. Luke 12, um, 15 through 21. So this is how it starts off for 15 through 21. It says, watch out. This is Jesus talking. It says, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. So it's there to the possessions part, but the watch out part is a part that is like, okay, how often are we actually watching out for greed? How often are you? I mean, if you think about this real quickly, I mean, you have like, especially it's even more and more popular today, but like you have a ring cam, you have a security mm-hmm. thing on your house. You got a car alarm in your car. You got all these things. You got a, a, a password protected stuff because mm-hmm. like, you're watching out for all of these things. Um, and and, and it, it's a good like question. Like, are we using the same sensitivity um, to watch out for some of these things like greed um, can cause in our life because at the same time when it gets out of control, the havoc that it can cause, the wake that it can create to hurt you and hurt others around you. Yeah. So, so like speaking right of that, what bat, is that Right wake? off the bat, it was like, watch out. Right there, you could just pause yeah. and be like, I don't think, I mean, even for me, I don't know how often I've ever watched out for greed in my life. I don't know. What, what about you? Uh, yeah. Now I didn't realize it was greed. I didn't label it as greed. Well, I mean, what, 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 what? Like the illustration you're I just protection gave you. things in place, right? Uh, I think for me, I've been able to put uh people in place that are kind of checks and balances for me. Uh, you know, like Jerry Shank and I will talk about stuff. Uh, you know, I call him out. He calls me out on different things. Yeah, like, but that's hey, after the fact. That's it. But what uh, it's, it's you while you're in it. Preventative. Uh, I, you know, just like with all of these sins, these seven things, these spiders, I think it's uh, essential to set up a life of disciplines. These are how you set up security systems, in my opinion. Well, so, so here's an example of this watching out um, as like a, a preventative type of situation when it comes to greed or when it, he's specifically talking about um, possessions that life doesn't consist in abundance of possessions. And so then he told a a parable, a story. So the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, 
This is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. So there's all kinds of things you could unpack there. But watching out um, for the spider of greed um, can be really important. And so like some things that we can do to watch out besides having accountability, which I think is what you were essentially mentioning and having someone call out for things. There's other practices I think we can put into our life that keeps us in check and in balance. Um, and some of those have to do with just, you know, the, the possessions we have. I mean, like it's like the... Um, you, how many how many people have walked into their closet and said, gosh, I have nothing to wear, but it's a full closet? Or how many people Every have 15 day. pairs of shoes, but they're just not going to be happy unless they get this one other pair or this one other thing mm-hmm. or this extra thing. And they have, they have the things that they need, but it's like – and so what happens is, is if you're not careful, happiness can be placed in our possessions. And we, we believe the more that we have, the happier that we'll actually be. And so it's what things, what checks, what balances can we put in place to keep our mind, our focus on stuff and the things um, and the stuff that we have. So then break down contentment. What is contentment? How do you find it? What does it look like in your life? Yeah. How do you get it? How do you set up yeah. safeguards to make sure that your or security, like on your phone, like we were talking about earlier, like how do you Contentment is up? probably the lack of security. Contentment's like the kuna matata. Contentment is like the it's shifting because I'm not going to put my identity in so much such an anchor. I don't think stuff. contentment contentment comes from no worries. I think you can still have concerns, but it's it still is like contentment is a state of being. Yeah, yeah, but like life around you, like you can still, you know have stress at your job i think a little bit maybe not maybe i'm not getting that um well like i said contentment is um not a matter of stuff it's a matter of a heart yeah i just want to be careful like talking about contentment don't not making it sound like apathy where it's like oh i don't care no i'm fine everything's cool man. no totally i'm yeah 100 there with you i think in my personal opinion it's typically attached to contentment, which so is why finding the a lack way to of be content, content in something, the the antithesis of it or the extreme opposite is greed because it's an intense de- and selfish desire for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could be greedy about making a point. So you wouldn't be greedy you won't making relent. your point if you're content which with Which we could say, oh, it's, it's pride also popping in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, you're just, you're being greedy because it's an intense and selfish desire for something. It's beyond pride. Pride won't let you lose. Pride's probably going to cause you to be greedy. Mm-hmm. That's what pride's going to cause well, you to They're playing do. together. I mean, just they like are. all these, yeah. They're in the same playground for sure. But. Can <clears> you have greed without pride? Um, no, I don't think so, maybe. Because ultimately you have enough pride to say I'm the one who can. 
I, I don't know. I just. Well, I mean, think about even the characters yeah. we talked about. Would Scrooge McDuck be Scrooge McDuck without pride? I honestly don't know that much about Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> so I think Huey. the. Uh, um, I think the key to greed is contentment and finding contentment. Okay, so how do we find contentment? It's a good question. Tell me what your thoughts are. When I think about contentment, um, I think uh, the first thing that comes to mind. What are you content about right now? Oh, I was going to get spiritual. Uh, Contentment (laughs) in my life right now. (laughs) Go ahead, get spiritual. (laughs) Uh, What am I content with in life right now? Um, Well, okay, I'll say this. I think contentment a lot of times has to be your choice. I don't think it's something you're going to, it's going to fall in your lap and you're going to say, oh, I'm content. So real life example, me and my wife wanted to try to buy a house this around this time right now. And that wasn't really looking like the smartest thing for me to do right now, uh, for us to do right now. So we decided to sign another year lease on the apartment. Right. It's a great apartment. It has, it's great amenities. But greed could have caused you to do something that would have been harmful. It, it was starting to greed was starting to. So to get you us would a make house. a bad decision. Yeah, exactly. That wasn't good for your future because you had an intense, selfish desire for yep. something, and you decided, but instead, rather, you decided to be content mm-hmm. and to wait and to be patient. And then that's, but now we're still living in an apartment that we were in. So like I said, great apartment. It's an apartment. It has problems. We have the smell of a leaking something. We sure. have a garbage disposal that doesn't work, and we yeah. have a light that goes on and off. And every time we walk in, and I'm reminded of these things. Greed wants me to say, oh, you should have gotten a house. You can still get a house. You can back out of this lease. You can still do this. Or choosing to be content and say, no, I made the right decision. I knew that what I did was correct. I'm going to stick with this. So that's a real life example. Totally. And not going to the extreme of like contentment means I live in the dump. No. Yeah. I mean, we're still living in a great place. For me, I can connect contentment to not having a really quickly identifiable uh, uh, um, identifiable yes thank you <laughs> need or want you know what i mean like totally I, I, there's not something that i'm going like i really need this uh, and there's not something that i'm necessarily even saying i really want this i mean th- there's things that'll come up and there's things that'll happen and i could say to you you know like I want to sk- fit into skinny jeans. No. <laughs> please, <laughs> no please, way. dude. No way. There's things that I should still do, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, like I can sit here and say, like, I need and want to be healthier, mm-hmm. right? But to a degree, I'm still content. Like, it's not, yeah. it's not causing a bigger issue in my life. Or, um, sure, I could get new shoes. Yeah, you could. <laughs> But I'm content. This is a tough one for me, man. I have been a hoarder for so many years. I don't think it has anything to do with hoarding. No, no, no. Like, but the the mindset of it, like, I, okay, I'm not a hoarder, like just collecting crap, but it's that mindset of like, I should get new shoes. I should get new shoes. I, I'm not content. So I keep getting more. I, you know what? I'm going to do more vinyl records. I'm going to get another piece of furniture. I'm going right. to get another poster. Yeah. And there's no contentment. It's just, I'm going to get another shirt and just keep rolling and rolling and then when you move across America and move. So this is, but this is why I say contentment is a bigger matter of, uh, it's a heart issue, which ultimately, I think it shows its face typically coming out as greed. Yes. Because it becomes an intense selfish desire for something. Mm -hmm. Now, when we say intense selfish desire for something, 
usually is at the cost of something, right? Mm -hmm. Long term, harm to your finances, harm to someone else because it had to be you instead of them. Um, uh, It can come out of, you know, greedy because like we said, you always got to be right in a conversation or it's always where I want to go to eat or we're not going to be able to save up for something because I'm not content with what we have now. So I'm going to keep spending money or going to de- into debt on something rather than saving up for a wedding ring or, you mm-hmm. know, like you can come up with yeah dozens of those types of things. So if I had to, for me, identify the, the, the part where you could really work on it, you, you can let go of a whole bunch of stuff, but making a decision, a heart decision of being content and even a spiritual decision of being content that in the midst of trials or confusion or unrest, being content that God actually does have your best interest at mind, that he does love you, that he hasn't left you. Um, yeah. Spiritually content is a whole nother animal. Absolutely. Yeah. And I started, uh, I was dipping my toes. <laughs> that's a tough my toes one in the too. Pool. There is therefore now no condemnation. Come on. That's a tough one to, to take hold of and live in that contentment, choosing to believe that God still loves you no matter what you've done and letting go of guilt or to find content or doing, doing mm-hmm. every day. It's yeah. a new. So yeah, that's a, that's a whole nother thing. It's good. Uh, it's so difficult today to find contentment physically in this world. Everything is against that. Well, everything screams that you're not and that you shouldn't be, mm-hmm. but this will make you. It's the wonder drug. What? Everything's the, one, everything's the, the wonder, wonder drug. drug. Everything's the wonder drug of like, you don't have this. You've never thought about having this, but you didn't know you needed it. And it's going to make everything in your life better. And we've yeah. discovered that. And so we're offering it to you. Well, advertisement's perfect at that. I was I read I read about Febreze when Febreze was uh, being introduced on the market. Uh, they thought they had their billion dollar idea. It was genius. Uh, finally, we have something that gets rid of bad smells. And they did some test markets and they spent all this money to sell it. And a they were million like, dollars they spent. No, I don't know if they spent a million. I'm saying it was like their no, million. They did. They oh, spent. did they? Yeah, yeah. And then they couldn't sell it. It was a it was a bust. It was a bust. They could not sell it because Why? people people because, didn't know they needed it. Because it didn't have a scent. <laughs> it didn't have a scent and people can't smell their own scent. Right. So if they if I have a bad smell, I can't smell my own bad smell. So I can't walk into my house after a few minutes and be like, man, I really smell bad in my own home. Like Febreze doesn't do anything for me. I'm just killing something with nothing. I must have supernatural nostrils because I smell all kinds of stuff. You could probably smell me. I know I can smell you, but I can also leave my house and come back in and smell if it doesn't smell right. No, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing. Like advertisement is so good at making us feel not content. (laughs) No, it's important because we're in this culture right now today trying to be content and we've got a device in our hand we have a screen in front of us constantly that is constantly telling you you're not content yeah so taking uh taking that out of it feels kind of 
irresponsible to say, I'm not going to address the fact that everything in your life, even walking down the street, you're going to see somebody who might be your size that is wearing some really nice shoes. That also is going to scream at you to not be content with what you have. And it's going to start brooding itself to become greedy. So I think (laughs) so bringing that up, I mean, I don't don't have solutions. I'm just saying it needs to be, it needs to be addressed. And it's out there. It's all over the place, man. Well, it's next week. You, my friend, are going to be sharing at the Benicia location. I'm going to be at the San Francisco campus um, this weekend for the 20th. Are you? And uh, I am. Wow. You're yeah. not going to be here with me? I'm not. What? No, nope. I'm going to be at the San Francisco campus. I'm going to be sharing with our friends out there. That's really cool. You are going to be sharing on the topic of sloth. I am. And just in our conversations, John's gotten to share some of the stuff with me. Um, it's not what you think. Exactly. Be prepared no. to be surprised. I, I actually think you're going to, you should walk into this with a bit of anticipation. <laughs> Hold on, man. Hold on. Lower that. This bar. isn't, I'm, I'm not even, well, no, it's the bar is already high, bro. <laughs> the bar is already high. I set that up week one of this whole conversation. Did you? I, I, yeah. I'm slowly just walking backwards now. Okay. It feels okay. Like. Well, I'll just raise the bar another level, another rung. Dude, I'm already getting fired up about talking about envy. That's week four. Come on. Okay. Okay. And then I'm going to hit up anger. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. I think, I think the following week I'm up again with lust. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Scandalous. Uh, okay. Yeah. This weekend, sloth. Then, then, then John's going to talk about gluttony. <sighs> sloth and gluttony are his okay. two topics. I, I love it. I could. <laughs> I guess I can say for sloth, I had the exact same reaction when I saw it on the board. And I said, why are you making me talk about sloth? And what am I going to say about sloth? And it ended up being, in my research, was so much fun. Holy cow. It was amazing. So I am excited. Trans- transformative. It was transformative for my life. I'm not going to put that on anybody and say that's a it's going to be transformative for you. But yeah, yeah, but that's a high bar. I mean, you're. That's oh, real, it changed my life. Oh, yeah. for you, yeah. Yeah, it changed, it, saw, it changed the way that I viewed the last six years of my life. So This, is, this has been uh, a growing experience. <sighs> Huge. So I maybe gluttony in a few weeks is going to be the same thing for me. I it's going to open up my eyes. <laughs> yeah, buddy. All right, thank you guys for listening. Uh, yeah, if you liked anything, if you disliked anything, let us know. Updates at ingate.org. You're so loved. <laughs> <laughs>